Want to see the world from a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation, intriguing stories, and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to the Francesca Luca Show. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. Oh, and we do have a provocative conversation going tonight. I'm Francesca. Welcome to the show. We are going to dive right in. When Dr. Robin Buckley's daughter was just 13, brace yourself, she bought her a vibrator. Mm-hmm. It wasn't her plan. She knew her daughters would eventually need bras, tampons, maybe even braces, but a vibrator mm, wasn't on the list. So why did she? So some of you may be feeling a little uncomfortable right now. So the million-dollar question is, why are we more comfortable talking about female pain like period cramps, breast cancer, or sexual assault than we are talking about female pleasure? Well, we're not going to waste any time. I'm going to introduce my guest tonight, Dr. Robin Buckley. She's a cognitive behavioral coach, and let her take it from here. So big welcome to you, Robin. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Can't wait to have this conversation. <laughs> Francesca, thank you for having me. It's, it's really always a fun conversation to have, and I'm looking forward to it with you. So let, but let's get serious here. Let's start with why is this topic so important? Uh, for so many reasons, but, but predominantly the biggest one is that this idea in society that sexual satisfaction, sexual wellness is something taboo, and especially for women and that double standard that's there, when honestly sexual wellness is just part of our overall wellness. We think about our physical wellness, we think about our cognitive wellness, particularly as we're getting you know older, but our sexual wellness, we just assume it's just a luxury rather than an, an actual part of maintaining our overall health. And that's why having these conversations frequently and early is really important for everyone, not, ju- not just females, but for everyone. So elaborate a little bit on that when you say a luxury. Well, obviously, it is a luxury, right? Well, when, you know, we're talking about sexual pleasure to some degree. But talk a little bit more about the importance of it and why, you know, sec- you tie it into sexual health. Yeah. So sexual pleasure is, you know, we do most things because it provides some kind of benefit to us, some kind of outward or external motivation. You know, we, when we eat, we know we need to eat to, in order to stay healthy, but we want to eat things that taste good. And we're more likely to keep doing to eating if things taste good. With our cognitive health, we're going to do things that are fun. So if we find plain Scrabble is fun, we'll do it more often. If we like to read, we'll do it more often. Well, our sexual wellness, same thing. If it's not satisfying to engage in sex, whether it's with a partner or on your own, we're not going to do it as much. So this connection between having sexual pleasure is really closely tied to making sure we continue on this journey of sexual wellness long into our life. There's no expiration date on when we should stop having sex. That's an absolute fallacy in how society views older individuals. Mm-hmm. And it really detracts from their vitality, from their their kind of presence in our society, and just at an individual level, again, their wellness. Well, so it's, I it am, is healthy. I mean, it, sex is healthy oh my for gosh, you, yeah. right? Yeah, there's, there's absolute great research around the benefits of sex. So we can easily start off with that. It's a stress reducer. It also stimulates some of the really great neurotransmitters, the endorphins, the dopamine, the oxytocin, which connects us to other people. It also helps with cardiovascular health. It helps reduce prostate cancer, or is one of the contributing factors to reducing prostate cancer in males. 
It also helps women maintain their physical health because they have a connection to their body and they're used to touching their bodies and, and being aware when there are problems. And certainly then the connection, if we, are, if we have a partner in our life, the connection to our partner. So the list goes on and on. Those are, it helps with sleep. It helps with um, some, it, there's actually some research that it also helps with dementia, not to, not to avoid dementia, but it helps with some of the confusion and the disconnectedness that comes with dementia. So there's way too many physical reasons, physical wellness reasons mm-hmm. that, that, you know, to, to support why our sexual wellness should just be tied and linked to when we think about keeping ourselves healthy overall. Uh, Quinn, are you taking notes? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> All I know is I am looking at him through this window, right? And usually his head is not down and he's not writing so furiously. So I am not buying that. I think he is taking notes. <laughs> As he should. I love it. As he should. But it is true from a from a physical perspective alone. You know, that like if you have a headache, um, you know, it's so funny that, you know, there's that old, you know, excuse you know if a woman doesn't want to have sex she has a headache well you know guys uh that'll help her headache (laughs) yeah sex does it helps with headaches it helps with menstrual cramps some women um, when when i've looked when i've looked at research or when i've talked with some of my clients they say it helps with some of their um perimenopausal or menopausal symptoms Mm -hmm. again it's not a cure-all for everything (laughs) but if you have a (laughs) i know i agree but if you have a tool that can help make life not only easier but better, why wouldn't you use that tool? And in this case, the tool is either sex or devices that can help with sexual pleasure. It'd be kind of interesting, though, as a mother to say to your 13-year-old uh, kid who has cramps, <laughs> well, go play with yourself. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, that's how it happened. It was, I, honestly, I wish I could say I knew this long before being a mom, yeah. but after I got the vibrator for my 13-year-old daughter, um, she has she has a younger sister, as people can hear in the TED talk that I gave, mm-hmm. and I just and very different daughters. One's an introvert, one's an extrovert. So my introvert is my younger daughter. I was like, there's no way she will likely be as forthcoming about masturbating as my older daughter was. And so a year or two later, I bought her a vibrator. I stuck it in her underwear drawer. I said, hey, I left something in your underwear drawer. If you have any questions, let me know. But I think it's something that eventually you might want to explore. And she started using it before she told me, and then one day she came to me. She's like, yep, it actually works really well. Thanks, Mom. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, I, I'm, do you have any questions? She's like, no, but it's great for my period cramps. She's the one that taught me. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, it totally helps take away my cramps. I'm like, huh, good. To, and then when I did the good research, I was know. like, well, I, I know. I was like, I'm impressed. I love that you figured that out, researched it, and are using it in that way. Mm-hmm. And it, it works. Well, so. yeah, and, and – um, as you said just a moment or two ago that, you know, masturbation is very good um, for connecting with your or sex is very good for connecting with your body, you know, connecting yeah. with yourself. And I mean, I think that's yeah. true. And I, I think I, I was reading a little bit last night about you had a patient who had breast cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us that story. Yeah. Tell the listeners that story. Yeah. So she... she was diagnosed with breast cancer and uh, I was working with her as uh, as a uh, executive coaching client, but she was diagnosed with breast cancer, and when she was diagnosed, she was um, pretty much at stage four. There was really nothing they could do for her except um, try and try and give her some extra months. And one of the things she said to me is, "Robin, if I had been doing my breast checks regularly, I might have caught it. I might have caught it at least early enough so that I wasn't going to be leaving my. She had two teenage daughters, mm-hmm. and you know she was she was going to die before she saw them hit easily hit their their twenties. 
And when we explored, you know, we were talking, and she was, I was trying to help her over the just the self-judgment. One of the problems was she was taught that touching herself was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And so when yep. she did her breast checks, because she knew that was important, she would rush through them. She wouldn't spend a lot of time touching her breasts because she had been taught that that was difficult and uncomfortable and inappropriate, and it just caused her a lot of discomfort, so she stopped. Or she wouldn't do them regularly, and she didn't catch it. Now, do we know if that would have been enough? Of course not. But at least she would have done, she could have been comfortable with the idea, hey, I did everything I could to have, you know, avoided this. And she couldn't because she said, I I didn't do them. I didn't do them for years, Mm -hmm. even though there was breast cancer in her family. And she just couldn't get past what she had been taught, which is girls don't touch themselves. Girls don't, you know, nice girls don't do that. And this was for a medical reason, and she couldn't even get past that construct that had been put in her head. That's crazy. That really is. Yeah, it, it was sad. 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 It was really sad. Let me ask you, we're going to take a, a short break in just a minute, but before we do, I want to ask you, why does a vibrator make us so uncomfortable, <laughs> but yet Viagra doesn't? Right. <clears throat> Isn't that crazy? It, it I, is. I, I, wish, I wish I had a better answer for you. It is, it is absolute gender bias and double standards that... Boys will be boys, and, you know, masturbating for men is something that's joked about and and just assumed. And yet for girls, it's something, again, taboo, secretive, not something you discuss out loud. And so when you can go on TV and see lots of advertisements for Viagra, Cialis, and everything else, but I have never seen an advertisement for a vibrator. Now, the first time I saw the vibrator section in Target, I almost applauded out loud. I they was have like, vibrators at is- Target? They do. <laughs> they do. For many, at least the past four or five years. You're um, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, I am not. I'm going to get Actually, Target to advertise on this yep. show, Quinn. <laughs> Target. Ulta is starting to sell them. Uh, Sephora, I think, is starting to sell them. And some of the bigger department stores, like Lord & Taylor's, are starting to have vibrators. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, it, how amazing that you could go into Target, pick up some groceries, pick up a birthday card, pick up a vibrator. Like, yes, that is how it should be in terms of this is just all part of our life, and uh, it's okay. So, yep. I, yeah, that's, that's amazing. I'm wondering why the change, but we're going to marinate on that thought, and we're going to take a sure. short break, and then we'll come back. This is life, don't miss it. I'm Francesca, and you're listening to The Francesca Lucas Show on 95.9 WATD. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terra Mia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy trattoria with stucco walls and beam ceiling specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisine here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. And Terra Mia Ristorante also offers outdoor dining. Since opening in 1993, Terra Mia Ristorante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. For indoor or outdoor dining, the best-kept secret is worth the trip. Terramia Ristorante. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiaristorante.com. The time is now to finally install that new patio or fire pit that's been in your dreams. Your home is ready to be beautified with stonework, but when the time comes, you want and need the best. That's where Stein Masonry comes in. Stein Masonry provides the best in high-quality construction and hardscaping services. 
With an experienced and dedicated team, they'll tailor any project to your specifications. When you decide it's time to enhance your home, don't mess with less than the best. Trust the guys you know. Stein Masonry, family owned and operated and local. Visit them online today for a free quote at steinmasonry.com. Plan a wonderful evening in Boston's North End, highlighted by one of the neighborhood's best-kept secrets, Antico Forno. Renowned as one of the world's most authentic Italian restaurants, Antico Forno provides you with an unforgettable dining experience featuring world-class traditional Italian dishes cooked in their beautiful brick oven. Outdoor dining is now available, too. Whether seated inside or enjoying an evening under the stars, when you eat at Antico Forno, you feel like part of the family. Antico Forno is open seven days a week. See their menu and make your reservation online at AnticoFornoBoston.com. Oh gosh, Debbie, my new puppy is pulling me in a million different directions. One day it's off to the groomers, the next it's the trainer. Between that and my job, my head is spinning. Oh, Quinn, it sounds like you need a one-stop shop for all your pet care needs. That is exactly what I need. Well, then you should come down and see me and my team at Doggy Works. We offer daily dog daycare, walking, training, and grooming all from one spot. We've got all the services you need to give your dog the best care it can get, all under one roof. That sounds amazing. Where can I find you? It's easy. We're located right on Route 14 in Pembroke, and we're open 12 hours a day, Monday to Friday. And if you can't make it during the week, we're by appointment for grooming and training on Saturdays, too. Your dog deserves the absolute best, so check us out at DoggyWorksLLC.com or call us at 781-754-0329. This is Live Dog Music! Now, for more of the Francesca Luca Show on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back, and you are listening to the Francesca Luca Show. I am speaking to Dr. Robin Buckley. And um, we started this conversation tonight with she bought her 13-year-old daughter a vibrator, and we are going to continue on that conversation. But uh, we we started, uh, before the break, we talked about uh, the um, changes in the um, in Target and in Ulta, which is like really a shock to me. I mean, it just mm-hmm. right. So why why do you think that there's been that shift? Because that's that's really news. It is. I, I it, my theory is there's, there's a couple reasons. First, women are starting to push back. They're starting to say, you know, what about us? Why do we have to deny our wants and the things that are just a normal, natural part of being human when men aren't expected to? Men, again, that's that double standard that this is what men do. And it's just a human existence perspective. And I think women are really getting to that point. I'm also seeing a huge trend where women are starting to talk about, again, what was consider taboo topics in really open uh, um, uh, situations. So as an example, in the workplace, when I do webinars for a lot of employee resource groups that are focused on women, more and more the topic of sexual wellness and menopause are topics that are being discussed at work in work groups to understand what women are going through. Because we know this isn't just like something that we should be quiet about. This is, especially with menopause and or postpartum depression, these affect us not only at a hormonal level but at a neurochemical level and again if it was affecting all humans or just men we would certainly have addressed this because medicine is biased towards 
male participants when it comes to research. And women are starting to say, no, no, we, we count too, and we need to discuss these things that are impacting us and can affect our performance in our personal and professional lives. So when you think about vibrators as a tool towards wellness, it isn't a surprise that some bigger stores and bigger um, environments are starting to offer these kind of devices because in reality, they're sexual wellness devices. I know we call them sex toys, but that really detracts from what their benefit is. I was just thinking, right, when you said sex toys, it's like that's part you mm-hmm. know, of the problem. Let, let's just shift here a little bit and um, talk a little bit about the connection between female sexual pleasure and female power. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, my goodness. It, it is amazing when you think about because a lot of people, I, I, understandably, they had some pushback around my talk, and I get it, and I love to have those conversations so we can really dive into it because when people say, so what was your TED Talk about? I'm like, well, the title says Vibrators, but it's so much more than that. Exactly. Well, but yeah, but we that's how you about, grab people, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. Which that is also that, a the, shame. Uh, that, that's what you need to is. use it as a, right? Go ahead. It is. I had a very stale title until the TED organizers were like, we need something that people are really, it's going to be clickbait. I'm like, hey, you know better than me, so go for it. But when we think about the idea that when women can talk about something so personal that can be very vulnerable and that they've been taught is private and they start to take ownership of it, when they say, yeah, I bought a vibrator and this one worked for me, that one didn't, but they're able to have that conversation not only with themselves, but hopefully as they get comfortable having that kind of in, internal dialogue with themselves, they can then have the external dialogue with potential partners. And then when you can have that kind of conversation of saying, hey, this is what I like, this is what I want about something, again, so personal, maybe it'll start to create those neural passages that says, wait a minute, I can also ask for what I want professionally. I can also ask for what I like in terms of my personal relationships with friends or from my kids. And we're not talking sexual. We are just talking about women and what they want rather than what they should do or have to do or have been taught is appropriate. And just say, no, it's okay to say this is what I want, that I am an equal priority to everybody else in my life. I don't have to stand behind everybody. I get to put myself at the same level. Mm -hmm. And I do think there's a connection between asking for what we want in our sexual pleasure and it creating that ripple effect in other areas of our life. Talk more about that. <laughs> uh, there was a client, again, so many of the clients, my favorite clients were in the TED Talk, but, you know, she was, if I remember right, 65, was being pushed out of her company. They were hiring younger people, and she felt old. She felt like she had no worth because of how the experience had been kind of set up around her. And when she came to work with me, she said, you know, I... I don't think I deserve anything. I don't know if I've ever had any value. And she wanted to find that value again. And she also said in the course of the conversation, you know, it's kind of weird. I've also never had an orgasm. Now, this is a woman who, as I said, was 65, had been married twice, had had children, but had never had an orgasm. And she said, I think I I want to try that. And, (laughs) and you know, again, I try and retain some objectivity, but inside I'm screaming, yes, yes, that should be our first goal. So we talked about different strategies, and, and she was single at the time. So I said, you know, uh, unless you want to try, you know, meeting people on some kind of matching profile, you know, there's there's ways to learn about yourself that doesn't require a partner. And that would be my recommendation where to start. So she did. She was a great client because she really followed the homework, whatever it was that I gave her. In this case, she went out and bought herself a vibrator, and she began practicing and experimenting, and she learned about her body and came back into our session and told me about her success and it was 
amazing to watch her light up when she said, now, I, now I've figured out not the orgasm, just what she wanted and how to get it without anybody else's help. And from there, she started to really feel more, what she said, more in her skin, more of who she was rather than the person that that experience had had made her to be. Mm -hmm. So she ended up accepting a job um, or a position on a board uh, for a national organization. She actually did create a dating profile and met her future husband, um, and she continued to really enjoy a healthy sexual life with herself and then with her partner. And All that from just is, experiencing is a vibrator. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the power of a vibrator. Yeah. The power and I, of a vibrator. Was, you know, it's, and it's just that it's not just the orgasm and the vibrator because people will say, oh, come on. I'm like, it's the fact that she said, this is what I want. I'm going to work towards it. I'm going to figure it out. And then I'm going to keep asking for what I want every time something comes to mind anywhere in my life, whether it's sex or profession or whatever. Um, and I really like, and that is, I hear those stories over and over again from women of all ages. And I really love that. You know what? The word that comes to my mind is shame. Yes. Right? Yeah. And wondering yeah. why on earth, you know, well, there's two parts to this. Oh, there's a couple of thoughts that were going through my head is, you know, why women have to feel shameful um, when it comes to the topic of sexual pleasure, yet with males, you don't, right? Right, I think. You know, I mean, with males, I mean, you know, it's perfectly fine. And I mean, a woman, you know, is bordering on, you know, if she's open about sex, that she could be, you know, she could yeah, be looked at as a little, you know, a little mm -hmm. floozy, right? A little bit, you know. Exactly. Right? But with men, exactly. not so much, you know. And and then the second part of that, I'm not even sure they're connected, but I don't know why, but this this Harry, when Harry met Sally, that, that <laughs> epic, epic scene when she is, of course, everybody yep. knows, faking an orgasm. Yep. And, you know, she did just an amazing job. Good for her, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But she did. She did it just right. And, but right. that why... But it's kind of tied together that why would a woman fake her pleasure? Why? Because she's taking too long or because she shouldn't be yeah. having it or because it's not really part of the relationship. Um, mm -hmm. Because ultimately that's just so, so damaging to a relationship mm -hmm. as well. Because if okay. you, if you as, as, for as long as I've lived, and I've lived for a long time, and I've had many conversations about this, you know, with a variety of women. And, you know, when they say that they don't have a sex life, I say you don't have a relationship and you're not in the relationship is eventually going to fall apart. No, 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 it's different. We're happy with this. No, no. And you know what? It always does. The connection's gone. Yeah, the connection is just is. gone. And but, but sadly, on the other hand, sometimes a relationship really doesn't have the quality that one would hope for or the qualities that one would hope for in a relationship, but they do happen to have such a great sexual connection that they stay together anyway. So in that sense, I don't know. You know, I, I just like your thoughts on that. Yeah, I know that was a lot, lot of stuff I threw into one, <laughs> one thing. You know, you have to, that's the ADHD thing going. We'll do that topic next. Where is my pad and I can take notes? But So I think to start, it's the idea that women are, are trained and we learn that we are here to serve others whether it's our partners, whether it's our kids, whether it's our bosses, that we are supposed to make other people feel good, which is lovely in theory, but is so damaging in practice mm -hmm. because that's where we learn our pleasure, whatever that looks like in whatever realm, doesn't count or it's second. And that is just, it blows my mind and it hurts my heart when I hear women still talking that way. I'm like, again, 
you can do all those things and still include you in that list, but women aren't, aren't trained that way. And then I think men are also, you know, and certainly we, this is very much, uh, very much focused on a more heterosexual relationships, but men are trained at some level to be afraid of devices that can help with a sex life, that oh, yeah. somehow, and I hear this over and over, that vibrators and dildos and other sexual wellness devices somehow will detract from their, their, you know, their their ability, or that mm. their their female partner won't want them anymore, and it is it takes a lot for when when men come in with that 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 uh, construct in their heads for me to work with them and saying this is just another tool. You have a biological tool attached to your body, but this is other other ways because women are not easy when it comes to our sexual drive and our sexual satisfaction. Some days, you know, one vibrator might work, and then other days a penis is great, and then another day maybe a dildo because we, we do not respond the same way. Women have three different cycles of orgasm. Men have one. Men are easy and simple, which makes anybody who sleeps with a man wonderful because it's pretty it's pretty direct. But if you sleep with women, you better you better Quinn be is, are you blushing, Quinn? No, not Quinn. I just want to check. But if you know, know. For, <laughs> for people who sleep with women, you have to be prepared with lots of options because some days we're very much in our heads and we can't get out of our heads. And if you have something, for example, uh, a vibrator that recently I've recommended to a couple of my clients, it is a powerful motor. And when they are really in their heads, that's that's the tool that they ask their partners to use with them or they use them themselves because it, it, it helps to, to get them out of their heads because it's such a powerful physical right. um There's no turning back with that, right. And then, nope. Yeah. But then nope. the problem is that then they start thinking that they're not going to be able to just do it naturally, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the yeah, problem. Guys and that's, have, yeah. There's no yeah, and there's no research around that. There's no research Mm-mm. that once you start using a vibrator Mm-mm. that that will take over. <laughs> because yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is just another option. And why wouldn't you have lots of options mm-hmm. at your disposal? Why wouldn't you be able to, I mean, again, sometimes with, with men who are, are into fixing things, I'm like, okay, look in your toolbox. How many, <laughs> how many screwdrivers do you have? How many drills do you have? You have lots of tools for lots of different situations. That's all this is. Lots of tools for lots of different situations, including the one that is attached to your body. So, Yeah, yeah. sometimes, you know, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, and that's what a, um, you know, well, it's a provocative conversation for sure but um that it it's it shows your strength right and sometimes men can be a little bit intimidated dare i say of women agreed. who are strong agreed but i would also challenge that that men who truly just want to make their female partner happy they really are just like i just i just want to make her her you know do whatever makes her happiest those are the men that are going to really accept tell me the script Tell me what you want. And they're not afraid of that because ultimately if they achieve success by, in this case, uh, uh, helping their female partner achieve an orgasm, I mean, what better partnership is that? You told me what you wanted. You were comfortable telling me. I listened. And I did the things you asked. Like that is about as mutual reciprocity. And that's that's exactly what I, you know, when I just said a moment or two ago is just, and that's why I really, you know, it's, it's just my opinion, but I do feel that relationships that, that, you know, have, um, you know, sexual problems, if they're not having sex regularly, 
um, I think that it, it, it makes for just an absolute huge disconnection, which ultimately, I agree. Uh, you know, that's just, those are my thoughts. Um, we are going to take a short break. Um, when we come back, I'd like to sh- um, kind of digress or go back to talking about young women and, and some sort of statistics in sex education. And, um, you know, because we've, we've played with this a lot and it's fun, but at the same time, it also is, is really super, how would you say? Good pun. Yeah, good fun. Yeah, we're having good fun. But, um, but good it, but fun. It, played with it. <laughs> <laughs> he said good Played fun. With Played with it. Oh, I didn't hear him. I just thought he said good fun. Yeah. <laughs> that was quick, Quinn. Very quick. Okay. All right, listeners, <laughs> we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, more to come. This is Life Missing. I'm Francesca, and you're listening to The Francesca Luca Show on 95.9 WATD. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terramia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy trattoria with stucco walls and beam ceiling specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisine here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. And Terramia Ristorante also offers outdoor dining. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Ristorante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. For indoor or outdoor dining, the best-kept secret is worth the trip. Terramia Ristorante. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiaristorante.com. Need a reliable place for your pet? Does your dog crave extra stimulation instead of social isolation? Sign up for doggy daycare at the Dog's Den in Pembroke. With two separate yards and plenty of supervision, your dog will have a ball and tug-of-war toys and plenty of new friends. The Dog's Den also specializes in grooming. Each groomer at the Dog's Den has decades of experience and will leave your furry friend refreshed and ready for their next adventure. Schedule your grooming or daycare today at thedogsdengrooming.com. The time is now to finally install that new patio or fire pit that's been in your dreams. Your home is ready to be beautified with stonework, but when the time comes, you want and need the best. That's where Stein Masonry comes in. Stein Masonry provides the best in high-quality construction and hardscaping services. With an experienced and dedicated team, they'll tailor any project to your specifications. When you decide it's time to enhance your home, don't mess with less than the best. Trust the guys you know. Stein Masonry, family owned and operated and local. Visit them online today for a free quote at steinmasonry.com. Plan a wonderful evening in Boston's North End, highlighted by one of the neighborhood's best kept secrets, Antico Forno. Renowned as one of the world's most authentic Italian restaurants, Antico Forno provides you with an unforgettable dining experience featuring world-class traditional Italian dishes cooked in their beautiful brick oven. Outdoor dining is now available too. Whether seated inside or enjoying an evening under the stars, when you eat at Antico Forno, you feel like part of the family. Antico Forno is open seven days a week. See their menu and make your reservation online at AnticoFornoBoston.com. Oh gosh, Debbie, my new puppy is pulling me in a million different directions. One day it's off to the groomers, the next it's the trainer. Between that and my job, my head is spinning. Oh, Quinn, it sounds like you need a one-stop shop for all your pet care needs. 
That is exactly what I need. Well, then you should come down and see me and my team at Doggy Works. We offer daily dog daycare, walking, training, and grooming all from one spot. We've got all the services you need to give your dog the best care it can get, all under one roof. That sounds amazing. Where can I find you? It's easy. We're located right on Route 14 in Pembroke, and we're open 12 hours a day, Monday to Friday. And if you can't make it during the week, we're by appointment for grooming and training on Saturdays, too. Your dog deserves the absolute best, so check us out at DoggyWorksLLC.com or call us at 781-754-0329. This is Live Dog Now, for more of the Francesca Luca Show on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back, and you are listening to the Francesca Luca Show. My guest is Dr. Robin Buckley. She's a cognitive behavioral coach, and we are talking about uh, sexual pleasure, whether it be with your partner or with yourself. So, big welcome back to you, Robin. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Francesca. It's great being here. So, let's talk a little bit about, you know, sort of the reality, the statistics. I mean, you mm. know, um, I know for myself, when I was, I don't know, I'm going to say like know, 10, 11, maybe 12, you know, the hormones are raging. I mean, I, I remember, you know, it's like there was no sex even going on, and, like, my body would just, right. like, boom. I would, like, have an orgasm, right. you know? And I, I think mm-hmm. that was, like, around that age. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, I just think that when, when girls are, I don't know, what, so, somewhere between, say, 10, 11, 13, mm-hmm. 14, I mean, I, I would think that's when they sort of develop that, that desire is. for a sexual contact. That's exactly it. Between the ages of 11 and 14, girls are starting to develop that desire. So when they're younger and, you know, they, they, I remember talking to a client and she said, I remember being, you know, 10 years old and I happened to like be going over the, the arm of the couch and something just kind of felt good. That it oh felt my God, that's so true. I used to work in a supermarket and, and like, and the vibration yes. of the cash register, I would exactly. be like, what is going exactly. on? Yeah. Damn. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. And it doesn't mean that they want sex. They just are starting to have the, the beginnings of that desire. And it's, you totally know, when parents normal. Say, well, it, it is totally normal. And if parents aren't able to comfortably jump on the conversations that might come up or the questions, you're going to lose that. You're going to miss that window. It's not that you can't establish it later on, but it's going to be harder later on when they're older teens. So if they come to you with questions, Regardless of the age, it's answering the questions, at, certainly at a developmentally appropriate response, mm-hmm. but offering the answers. Because if parents don't offer the answers, your kids are going to get the answers easily and likely from really inappropriate or unreliable sources. You know what? I remember I was about maybe 13 years old, and my mother said to me, you know, Jessica, would you like to talk about where you came from? I started crying, and I said, I know you and Daddy pee on each other. <laughs> I don't know. Some friend told me this, you know, but right. that at least wasn't right. dangerous. But today, yeah, you know, they've got dangerous. these kids have got these cell phones and, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm sure some of them, you know, watch pornography, right? Some. Oh, I can, I can tell you more than that. So about 57 approximately percent of girls and 84 percent of boys somewhere between the ages of 14 and 18 have watched porn. Oh my gosh. So think yeah. about that. That's middle school and, and, and high school kids have already been exposed to porn. And I don't know about you, Francesca or Quinn. I didn't see porn until I was well into my 20s. Me but neither. they have it. Right. But they have <laughs> but then it. then I was easy. watching it a lot. <laughs> it's very entertaining. <laughs> but kids, 
kids nowadays, they can access porn through their cell phones. And I don't care what parental controls you have, they always figure out ways around them because kids are more tech-savvy than us. So they're getting exposed to porn. And, you know, when we think about how porn has transformed mm, over right. the decades, yeah. you know, at this point, porn is, is just, it is so, it can be so destructive because, and a colleague of mine has a great phrase, once you open a door, you can't close it. So mm. once your kid sees porn mm. that is maybe over the top or something they can't deal with, it's not like you can say, oh, just forget about that. They won't, and that mm-hmm. can create some long-term effects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the way some kids are getting their sex education, you yeah, know, and, it is. and it's, that is really a, a problem. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you had, had a, a patient, a 14-year-old girl, and you mm-hmm. were helping her manage her overall life stressors. And yeah. um, so, so talk to us about, tell us about that story. Huh. She was such a cool kid. She was uh, coming to me. Uh, her mom had asked if I would I would work with her. She was a super high-achieving kid in all areas of her life. Um, but she had just a lot of anxiety because she put a lot of pressure on herself. And so we started working together just around strategies, cognitive behavioral strategies to manage uh, some of the anxiety she had. And one day she came to a session and she said, you know, can I, can I ask you a question about sex, Dr. Robin? And I said, absolutely. You know, this is a safe place. It's your space. Mm-hmm. And she said that... <laughs> She was confused about the bases, meaning, you know, first base, second base, Mm -hmm. third base. And she wanted to know if it was true that second base was anal sex. And, again, it was one of those moments where in my, you know, my face had to remain calm, but in my brain I'm like, oh, my God, okay. So I wanted to make sure she knew what she was referencing, so I asked her if she understood what anal sex was, and she clearly did. She explained it to me. And um, I asked her where she'd gotten the information that anal sex was second base. And she said she had watched porn with her friends that her friends had showed her at school during study hall. So here she is at school. Her friends are showing her porn that, that depicts anal sex coming right after someone starts kissing. And that's what she was confused about because she said, and I will never forget this, she's like, it just didn't make sense. It seemed like there should be something in between. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Again, in my head, I'm like, yes, yes, there is. There's a lot. Okay, let's talk about this. Oh, my god. So luckily she had a close relationship with her mom. I got my client, the, the girl's permission, to loop her mom in, in this conversation. I also got her permission. I said, can I give your mom a little heads up? Because, you know, moms mm-hmm. just need to know what they're yeah. walking into. Yeah, well, moms she don't did. like to talk, think that their kids are having even having sex, let alone talking exactly. about it, right? And so I, I prepped mom. I said, She's going to ask you a question when you're in my office. Please know she's not asking because she's she's engaged in this. But if you aren't her resource in the session, she will never come to you again. She will go to outside people. And I'm grateful it was me, but it won't always be me. So, yep, the girl asked the question. The mom was grateful for the heads up. She was able to answer the question. And the mom continued to share with me that her daughter started coming to her more and more and more with oh. questions about sex. And I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. That, mm. that, yeah. Mm, so important. So for women who have less experience or comfort with sexual pleasure, how do you, mm-hmm. how would you suggest that they begin to establish that connection? Yeah, I think one of the best ways is, it's actually a strategy I, I talked to couples about as well, but I think it's finding out what do you like. And I call it the ABCZ list. So Maybe you sit down, and on your A-list are things that you know you like. And you look at it from a sensual perspective. So very clearly, sensual is about your five senses. Sexual is about sexual pleasure, penetration, that sort of thing. So we're talking about your five senses. So what, what that you experience do you really love? 
what arouses you? And it doesn't have to be sexual arousal. It's just it really, you, like, I love the smell of grass. I would not consider that a sexual arousal. That's a sensual arousal. And those are the things that, if you're doing an individual analysis, that go on your A-list. Just things that when you smell it, hear it, taste it, et cetera, really just make you feel good. Maybe on your B-list as an individual analysis, you would do explore, okay, what are the things that start to turn you on that, that do bring that sexual arousal? And again, it doesn't need to be, you know, penetration at, the, at that extreme, you know, at that far extreme of the spectrum. Maybe it's just, I really like when someone touches the side of my neck. I really love having my head rubbed. I really love, um, you know, having, you know, playing with my partner's feet, like feet on feet, like just like, you know, cuddling with our feet, basically. It's just those simple things. The C list would be things from an individual analysis that you actually are looking at from a very, very concentrated way of things that you might want to try, but you never have, but you're open to exploring them. And then the Z list are clearly things you have no desire to try. You're like, nope, that is definitely not part of the menu. Like, never want to do that, have no desire to. Mm -hmm. But when you do that kind of individual analysis, you're starting to open the conversation with yourself because it's, it's, if you're not comfortable with sex and sexual pleasure with someone else, the first step is getting comfortable with yourself. So A is your sensual arousal, B is your sexual arousal, C is things you want to try, and Z is things that are just not, not open for discussion at this point in time. And once you do that, maybe then if you do have a partner in your life, maybe you start to share those things and start to have conversations around that. Again, because it start, for women especially, it starts with conversation mm-hmm. and talking and having some of the cognitive um, connection to yourself or your partner. And then doing the things on those lists and starting to really see how you respond to them. And maybe some of the things on your C list move over to your B list. Or maybe you find out that things are, that you thought were an absolute no might not be an absolute no. But it's, it's experimentation, and I think that's a big part of it. Why do you think, I was thinking about this, I was like wondering, I wonder if it was like this way back in history, you know? I don't think so. I think there was always, sex has been around forever. You know, it's never changing, right? Mm-hmm. But why do you, do you think it's something that's so taboo? I mean, there's been lots of books about it. What the heck is, yeah. who wrote that book, Bad Sex? But she wasn't talking about having bad sex. She was talking about having <laughs> bad sex. You know what I'm talking about? You know what yeah, I'm talking about here? You know, and, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, it's such a, you know, and especially depending on how you grew up, you know, mm. I mean, I know that for some parents, they're, you know, they're, they're afraid their kids, you know, that could get into trouble, you know, right. and I mean, I know that was a big deal when I was growing up too, you know, and I was kind of a, so much of a wild kid, but just a outspoken kid, you know, and, and I remember my mother one time saying to my father, control that girl. He said, there is no controlling that girl. And it wasn't because I was so like out of control, like crazy, right. but just I had a you know, personality with a lot of chutzpah. I asked a lot of questions and, you know, a lot of, you know, that's just the way it was. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, as I said, for some parents, they want to be able to make sure the kids don't get into trouble. Um, so, you know, but, but I am curious, I am curious about sort of this, the shame factor, because I think that's, that's a big deal. And I think that when, um, well, women, and, you know, we're talking about more women at this point here, um, you know, are, are, are more comfortable with themselves. They are more comfortable with themselves sexually. So, I mean, that, and that goes way back to how we were brought up, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Right? It does. You know, when we think about women's role, from a traditional historical mm-hmm. perspective, it's to, it's to make babies. 
It's to produce errors. I mean, that's that's from centuries established. And we don't talk about the fact of, of where sexual pleasure is connected to the whole, you know, birth, not, not just birthing, but, but uh, getting pregnant and part of that. We know very clearly how sexual pleasure is tied from a male perspective to creating babies, mm-hmm. but we don't talk about it. Women are just kind of the receptors and then the producers. And men are the ones that add the ingredients. We really don't, I mean, it, it is ridiculous how simplified some, you know, again, from that historical perspective, it's viewed. And once women produce children, they're done. They, they're, their sexual component is complete. Or they're the bad girls, the, you know, the stereotypical bad girls, and then are just used for sex. Exactly. So this, this historical idea of women either, you know, providing sex or providing children and there's no in between yeah. that you're one of the one of those two types you're of women one of those two. and then and then you're used up you know and and that contributes to the whole idea of as women get get advanced in their lives that again they lose their worth because they can't produce children and they're not sexually desirable and that just that you want to get me on a whole other tangent yeah. <laughs> that is is incredible to me that 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 double standard and how it damages women from so many levels. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I dipped my toe into acting a little bit, and uh, <laughs> I recently looked at some very, very old commercials. Oh, mm-hmm. the women, you know, with the frying mm-hmm. pan, and oh, it's just, it's, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's craziness. But anyway, we do need to take a short break. We are coming into our last segment. Uh, listeners, stay with us here. Don't go anywhere. This is Life Don't Miss It. I'm Francesca, and you're listening to The Francesca Luca Show on 95.9 WATD. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terramia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy trattoria with stucco walls and beam ceiling specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisine here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. And Terramia Ristorante also offers outdoor dining. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Ristorante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. For indoor or outdoor dining, the best-kept secret is worth the trip. Terramia Ristorante. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiaristorante.com. The time is now to finally install that new patio or fire pit that's been in your dreams. Your home is ready to be beautified with stonework. But when the time comes, you want and need the best. That's where Stein Masonry comes in. Stein Masonry provides the best in high-quality construction and hardscaping services. With an experienced and dedicated team, they'll tailor any project to your specifications. When you decide it's time to enhance your home, don't mess with less than the best. Trust the guys you know. Stein Masonry, family-owned and operated and local. Visit them online today for a free quote at steinmasonry.com. Need a reliable place for your pet? Does your dog crave extra stimulation instead of social isolation? Sign up for doggy daycare at the Dog's Den in Pembroke. With two separate yards and plenty of supervision, your dog will have a ball and tug-of-war toys and plenty of new friends. The Dog's Den also specializes in grooming. Each groomer at the Dog's Den has decades of experience and will leave your furry friend refreshed and ready for their next adventure. Schedule your grooming or daycare today at thedogsdengrooming.com. 
plan a wonderful evening in Boston's North End, highlighted by one of the neighborhood's best-kept secrets, Antico Forno. Renowned as one of the world's most authentic Italian restaurants, Antico Forno provides you with an unforgettable dining experience featuring world-class traditional Italian dishes cooked in their beautiful brick oven. Outdoor dining is now available, too. Whether seated inside or enjoying an evening under the stars, when you eat at Antico Forno, you feel like part of the family. Antico Forno is open seven days a week. See their menu and make your reservation online at AnticoFornoBoston.com. This is Life Don't Miss It. Now, for more of the Francesca Luca Show on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back and you are listening to the Francesca Luca Show, my guest. This evening is Dr. Robin Buckley. She is a cognitive behavioral coach, and we are talking about sexual pleasure. Um, Robin, this is really funny. I was, um, as I was listening to your te- your recent TED talk, uh, which I thought was really, really great. Um, you said that a few months ago, your your daughter was out with her friends, and she called <laughs> to let you know she'd be home. And and she, like you yeah. said, she was good like that. But as you were wrapping mm-hmm. up the conversation, she said, oh, by the way, Mom, my vibrator broke. Can you pick me up a new one? Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and later, um, she, you, she said that after she hung up, her friend said, we can't believe your mom bought you a vibrator. And your daughter responded, I can't believe mm-hmm. your mom hasn't. Or yeah. have, you know, and I just thought that is that is classic, right? Yeah, that is like is. amazing. And you <laughs> must feel so proud, you know, but I am. Yeah. I, I gotta tell you, Francesca, and she was she's my introvert, so that's even more so. But when you have daughters, you know, I have two sons and two and two daughters, and when you hear them talking in such a open, mm. candid way about what they want and and how they want it and that they take care of themselves and they're really it's not even that they're proud about it because it's just so matter of fact for them. Like I'm proud of them for that, mm. but they're just like, of course, this is, this is just how it is. My older daughter's hilarious. Um, typically within a couple of days of meeting someone new, cause she's my extrovert. So she's out there meeting people all the time. She will bring up the Ted talk and she will make people watch it. And I'm like, Madison, you might want to like ease into it. She's like, Nope, because if they are uncomfortable watching it and we can't have a good conversation, I probably don't want to be friends with them. She and I'm should like, probably God use blessed. her vibrator before she goes out. That way she can get control of her hormones and that way she can really yep. judge who she's with rather than letting her hormones be the controlling factor, right? Well, that was one of my clients. That's what one of my clients shared with me years ago, and I think it's brilliant. What, it's, what, it's, what did she share you know, with you, that she used a vibrator before she went out on a date? One of my clients did that. She said, yep, I use a vibrator every time so I can judge the person rather than reacting to them because I'm just, I'm horny. And I'm like, that's so, I, again, I learn more from my clients sometimes than I think I, I can offer to them because they come I up with these that. things. <laughs> Yeah, guys probably do do that. Yeah, I got a term for it and everything. Guys, you know, they don't need a vibrator. But, you know, I bet you guys do that before they go out. Yeah, before a big decision, before, uh, you know, anything. It's a deep... Really, Quinn? (laughs) Yes, yeah, it's called, uh, I mean, pardon the 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 crudeness, but PNC. So it's called post-nut clarity. (laughs) Post-nut clarity. You just got to clear your thoughts. It doesn't have to be going out at any time. Oh, that's funny. But, Queen, you just proved our point that this is just like something guys talk about. Obviously, it's just something you knew about and guys you know talk about it and know about it. But women just don't. And it is, it would do the same thing for women. We, it centers us. It clears any any of that, that fog that sometimes we have when we're trying to make a decision about whether it's a person or anything else. And, again, it connects us to our power. So I'm going to have to come up with an acronym that's 
similar to that, Quinn. Thank you <laughs> yeah. for that. And, and, and it's uh, so much better than Ambien if you can't sleep, right? Exactly. Oh, my goodness, yes. I mean, Absolutely. That's just, <laughs> but think about yeah. it. Think about it. I mean, it's like it's yeah. so, here we are having this conversation, but I thought before I recorded, I thought, oh, I don't know about this. How's this going to fly? Um, you know, <laughs> right, I remember years ago, this is so funny, I was about maybe 28 years old, and, um, you know, I, I worked in a dating service at the time, and um there were, let's see, one, two, three, four of us, right? And, um, you know, we'd have our downtimes, you know, when people weren't coming through wanting to buy a membership. In those days, people bought memberships. They didn't go online. And, <laughs> and I don't recall how masturbation came up. I really don't remember, but I do remember having the conversation. Every one of these girls were horrified. They could not mm. believe such a thing. Like, you do What? And I just thought it was, I thought it was the funniest thing. It's like, you guys got to get a grip here. You know, like, this is like, this is healthy. I I knew at a very young age. I don't know. I always knew it was healthy. But anyway, since we are in the last segment. I'm sorry, what? I was going to say, how are you supposed to be able to tell your partner what you like if you don't even know what you like about your body and your sexual pleasure? Exactly. So since we are in our last segment here, I just want to ask Quinn, how much time do we actually have left? Um. Three minutes. Oh, three minutes. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize that we had such a little bit of time left. Okay. We can knock a few commercials out if you want. We can knock a couple commercials out. Okay. I don't know. Our listeners, our our advertisers might not like that. But um, anyway, um, what I would like to ask you is what would you really like to share with our listening audience before we say goodnight? What would you really like our listeners to take away from this? Honestly, Francesca, it's it's where we started. Yeah. The idea that sexual wellness is an integral part of our overall wellness. It's equitable to our physical wellness, our cognitive wellness, and as you've noted several times, our relationship wellness. That yes, you can have a relationship without penetration, but to have a relationship where there's no sexual contact, that that really doesn't give you the full extent of what a relationship can be. And and it can be designed lots of different ways. You know, couples will say, well, we don't have sex. I'm like, okay, then how do you physically connect in an intimate way? Because there's lots, there's so many options and people just assume, oh, sex doesn't work for us anymore. I'm like, okay, but what what else do you do? So it's an overall way to stay healthy, to stay vibrant and to really enjoy life to its fullest. And and that I mean it's certainly too as as, you know, folks age, you know, things do change, right? Absolutely. <laughs> that is why there Absolutely. is Viagra. And there are so many workarounds. And Amazon can deliver just about anything you can imagine in terms of sexual wellness. So <laughs> oh, Amazon, uh, of course. But this is, I'll just leave this with my best friend. She, on the weekends, she works in an assisted living place. And she says, this is like mm-hmm. so funny. She said, there's this couple and they mm-hmm. like they jump into bed with each other in the middle of the mm-hmm. afternoon, and they she said they've got to be like well into their eighties. It's like you know awesome. that's a great thing. That's they probably great. got a lot longer, right? They got a lot longer to wonderful. go. And but I do think I, I think you know we've had a lot of fun with this. We've we've played around <laughs> with Quinn, yes, we have. But um, you know, but it's it's really it's a serious. It's something that should be taken seriously. And listeners, I definitely encourage you, if you missed part of the show, to hop on over to my iTunes page and listen there. And obviously, and listen to Robin's 
um, TED Talk. It was really, it, it was, it's entertaining, but it's, it's interesting, it's fabulous, and there's so much information uh, to be gleaned from it. So, uh, Dr. Robin Buckley, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I almost feel funny saying thank that. You, having a, It's been a pleasure, but it has been a pleasure, really. Thank you so much for sharing all your Absolutely. knowledge and your golden nuggets with our listeners tonight. I really do appreciate your time. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. All right. We've got to wrap things up and say goodnight. I hope you enjoyed the show. See you again next week, same time, same place. Make it a great week. What if you took the time to really soak it in? Because someday you're going to wish you did. Like a September morning, like snow without a warning, like how the summer feels upon your skin. Don't miss it